Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Mars Ball Boy Podcast. This time I'm going to be flying solo by myself because, well, Noel decided not to join me this evening. And, you know, maybe it's for the better, maybe it's for the worse, who knows. He's not exactly an expert in what we're going to break down tonight, so you could kind of argue and say, eh, maybe it's better if Dugan just does it by himself. But tonight, I think we're going to go through a little something that I enjoy. The preview of the college football bowl season, which is right around the corner. Uh, We're not going to break down every game because, let's be honest, you don't necessarily want to hear about Hawaii and Louisiana Tech in the Hawaii Bowl or Buffalo and Troy in the Dollar General Bowl. And let's be honest, there's like 50 bowl games now. I can't even keep track of all of them. But we're going to break down a few of them. I think the first one that sparks my interest is to match up from a year ago in the Orange Bowl between the Miami Hurricanes and the Wisconsin Badgers. This year they'll be playing in the New York New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Both teams coming in with a record at 7-5. and five. Not good years. Not what either team would have liked. Um, both teams preseason top 10. Um, Miami took an early season loss to LSU. Wisconsin took an early season loss to BYU. From there on out, both teams kind of struggled to kind of find themselves. It's an interesting game. Um, I think both teams have a lot of playmakers on either side of the ball. I think for Miami, first and foremost, it just starts with their defense. Um, They've been stout all year. Um, Going through the line, uh, Miami is a four-point favorite, and the over-under is 47 I'm going to just say because of the ground game that Wisconsin has um, and the way that they play, I don't see this game going over 47 at all. Um, I think if you look at the numbers-wise, first and foremost, Miami is only giving up 18 points a game on average, um, allowing just 268.3 yards of total defense. Um, Very impressive, especially with the 140 through the air. Um, That's pretty stout defensively. Canes are coming in on a two-game winning streak, having won at Virginia Tech and at home against Pitt in their final two games of the season. The Badgers, on the other hand, kind of a flip-flop their last five games. They're 2-3 and in them. Um, They did get hammered by Minnesota in their last game, 37-15. Interesting tidbit. Um, The guy you got to look out for, I think, in this game, is Jonathan Taylor. If you haven't heard of him yet, he's a true sophomore for Wisconsin. Um, the dude is a monster. Big, strong running back. Maybe comparable to like a Derrick Henry of some degree. Not quite as big, but a big bruiser. Um, but he has breakaway speed, and he's capable of taking it to the next level um, on any carry. That offensive line for Wisconsin averages 330-plus pounds. They're just, they're monsters. Paul Chris does a great job. It's very impressive what they can do. Um, I think going to the quarterback play, Alex Hornibrook, very inconsistent, has been banged up this year, missed a couple games. Not sure if he'll be available for this game. The passing attack for Wisconsin is terrible. Um, both teams have been bad throwing the ball. I know Miami's rotated a couple quarterbacks in. Um, Perry is their leading uh, quarterback in statistics. Um, but just over a thousand yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. Hornybrook, just over 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 11 picks. 
just bad quarterback play. Taylor, by the way, 280 carries for 1,989 yards and 15 touchdowns. He's 11 yards away from 2,000. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm going to give you a little hint there. He's definitely going to get over 2,000 after this game. Um, I'm going to be honest. Being a Big Ten fan, being a Penn State fan, I would lean towards Wisconsin just because I know them a little bit better. They did win the game a year ago against Miami. Um, I think Miami could be out for revenge. So with that being said, I'm going to say Wisconsin close, but I'm going to say they keep within the spread. I'm going to say like 21-17 Badgers um, in a tightly contested game. Next one we're moving on to. Kind of an interesting game. Kind of a battle back of two Big East foes. 16th ranked was West Virginia going against 20th ranked Syracuse. West Virginia coming in at 8-3, Syracuse at 9-3. This is the Camping World Bowl. Looking at it, West Virginia, 7-point favorite. Um, There's no line on the over-under yet. Going forward on it, West Virginia, as we all know, has Will Greer. Um, Could have been a Heisman Trophy finalist at quarterback. Dude's a stud. They've got weapons on the outside. Um, Jennings Jr. is actually the leading receiver for West Virginia with 54 receptions for 917 yards and 13 touchdowns. Um, But we also know that his big play target and one of the guys that he goes off after is David Sills in the last game had eight receptions for 131 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the dude's been all over the field for him all year as well. I believe his numbers are 61 receptions for 896 yards and 15 touchdowns. I mean, both his top two targets are just are just monsters. Um, he's a big big guy as well, 6'4", 210, um, senior. He's definitely going to be a NFL wideout the following season. Someone will go after him in the draft. Um Looking at it, though, big pitcher. Syracuse can can score the ball as well. Um, Eric Dungy is a great quarterback. He's been consistent all year. Um, over 2,500 yards, 70 touchdowns, 7 picks. Greer's numbers, though, 3,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. I mean, that's like video game numbers. You don't expect anyone to put that kind of stuff up. Um, they do run the ball, right? Both teams... Um, have a decent running game, but it's definitely going to be through the air. Um, listen, whatever the over-under line is on this game, go over. I think it's going to be high scoring. You saw what West Virginia did in their last game. Losing to Oklahoma at home, 59-56. I don't know if it'll be that high scoring of a game. Um, I do like West Virginia. I think they make enough plays in this game. I think they win it. I'm going to say... I'm going to go 45-38 in a pretty big shootout. Um, although I will give Syracuse credit. Defensively, at times, they do do they do a good job of containing teams. Um, their big performance this year was the game at Clemson when they had Clemson beat through three quarters. And uh, Clemson's backup came in when Trevor Lawrence got hurt and made a couple big plays late. And they ended up pulling away. But uh, very impressed with both teams. I think it's going to be an exciting game to watch. Um, that's December 28th at 5.15 on ESPN. It's impressive. It's going to be an impressive game. I think, like I said, both quarterbacks are going to do a really good job. 
complete opposite of the first game um, where the quarterback play is going to be horrendous. This game, though, I think, tune in. You're going to be impressed to watch. Um, two future, I think, NFL quarterbacks. I think Will Greer and Dungy both make NFL teams. I don't know necessarily where that might be. I'm going to say a backup role in some aspect. Um, but guys that could could make NFL rosters and could see playing time in the near future. Um, I think the next game that we're going to go over, same day, this is Friday, December 28th, um, 24th ranked Iowa State at 8-4, playing 13th ranked Washington State in the Alamo Bowl. Washington State coming in at 10-2. and If you guys don't know it, Mike Leach for Washington State is one of the best coaches in the country offensively, and I think very arguably the most hysterical coach. If you haven't seen some of his post-game uh, rants or uh, pre-game pressers and stuff like that, the dude's hysterical. He's a character. He's big into pirates. I don't really know why, why he caught on to that, but he is, and it's just it's comical. It's just funny. It's funny to listen to. It's funny to watch. The dude's just... Uh, He's a treat. Um, their quarterback, though, Garner Minshew, tried to push for him all year for a Heisman push. Dude put up some really good numbers, really impressive numbers. Um, over 4,400 yards, 36 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Um, I mean, let's be honest, Washington State does throw the ball a lot. Um, but he was good. He was solid all year. Um, there are a couple plays away from playing in the Pac-12 championship game, and Probably an out, very outside shot of making it to the college football playoff. Um, I just don't think that they have the resume for it as a whole. Pac-12 has been down the last couple years, and, and they they haven't had a representative in the last couple. Um, I think this team, though, was impressive, and more impressively, defensively. Washington State was always known for their offense, but defensively they uh, improved a lot. Um, they are a 3.5-point favorite in this game over Iowa State. Give Iowa State some credit, though. Um, last four games, they won four out of five. Um, didn't really beat anyone impressive in the last stretch of the games. They did lose to Texas by two touchdowns. Um, but they just play hard. Um, they get after it. They're gritty. They're tough. Uh, Montgomery, their um, running back, over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns on the season. Dude, he's he's tough. He's physical. Um, he's got good balance. Um, you know, picks up extra yards when he can. It's going to be an interesting game because I think it's a, a tale of two different teams. Um, you're going to have Iowa State that's going to try to run the ball, control the clock. Washington State likes to get up and go. Um, they'll line up in different sets offensively. They'll give you different looks. Um, they're just a creative team, and I think it could throw Iowa State some wrinkles. The nice thing about these bowl seasons is both teams get – three or four weeks to prepare for who they're playing for, playing against. And I think that helps. You know, you kind of get the feel for what those teams are like. You get to see a lot of film, extra time prepare. However, it does allow you to throw in different wrinkles. It'll be interesting to see what Washington State comes out with. I am leaning towards Washington State. Um, I think in a shootout, nah, I'm not going to say a shootout. I'm going to say Washington State pulls away by, I'm going to say Close to three touchdowns. I'm going to say like 45-20. Um, I just think that it's kind of a going away party for Minshew. I think Leach wants to make a statement because he felt like um, Washington State was disrespected. 
um, going 10 and two, finishing 13th in the college football playoff. He looked at it and said, "Hey, we're behind teams with three losses, and we have two all year." Listen, Coach Leach, you didn't play anyone non-conference. Conference-wise, the best team you played was Washington, and you lost. <laughs> so, kind of hard to argue against it. I do think uh, I think it'll be an entertaining game, and uh, like I said, I think leaning towards Washington State in this one. Uh, by the way, the over/under is 54 and a half. So I'm going to go over that. You know, a lot of these bowl games, you'll see that. You'll see teams score um, a decent amount. But yeah, I like Washington State in that game. Moving on to Saturday, December 29th. First game that piques the interest here has got to be the Florida-Michigan game. 10th-ranked Florida at 9-3, playing 7th-ranked Michigan at 10-2 in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I'm just going to say right now, Michigan coming off their embarrassing loss to Ohio State in the shoe. They gave up 62 points. They'd given up 50, I believe, 55 points in the previous five games before that. Um, it, it was incredible. No one expected that to happen. Um, and once again, allowed Harbaugh to not have an opportunity to play for a Big Ten championship. Something that he hasn't done yet in his career coaching at Michigan. I'm going to be honest with you. I think uh, Florida, they're riding high on their win over LSU. And I think in terms of how the committee views them, I don't think they're a great team. I don't. I, I think they have some problems offensively. I think they've struggled at times to move the ball. Quarterback play has been inconsistent. They've won three in a row coming into the game, but... They beat South Carolina, Idaho, and Florida State. Florida State was terrible this year. Idaho is nobody. South Carolina, that was a 35-31 game. A little bit of a shootout. The previous two games before that, they got beat by Missouri 38-17 at home in the Swamp, where they had lost earlier in the year to Kentucky for the first time in, what was it, 31 years or something like that, I think it was. And then in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party against Georgia, they got beat 36-17. So in their big games this year, following the LSU game, they were beat badly. And Missouri's not even a great team. They're good, but they're not a great team. But they got destroyed. I don't think Florida's that good. I think Michigan is going to be out for um, some, re- I mean, revenge in a sense that I just don't think that they um, want to be viewed as that letdown that they had at the horseshoe. Um I don't see Florida scoring many points in this game. Michigan's a 7.5-point favorite. The over-under is 50.5. Listen, Florida defensively actually isn't terrible. Um, I believe they're allowing just over 20, 20.4 a game. Michigan, after that 62-point game, still only allowing 17.6 points per game. That's pretty good. Um, Yards-wise, too, just 262.5. Um, I'm going to lean towards Michigan here. I'm going to say that they win, I'm going to say 21-7 to in kind of an ugly, grinded-out game. Like I said, I, I don't think Florida, <clears throat> I think Florida defensively can do some things well to kind of, I mean, Michigan's not a big play offense. They want to run the ball. That's how Harbaugh is, line up two tight ends, um, get a play-action fake in there after a couple first downs. 
Shea Patterson, listen, dude's a freak athlete, a quarterback from Michigan. The Ole Miss transfer, he's good. He's not great. He's not a great passer. He does get careless with the ball at times. Um, he's done a decent job this year, though, I will say, take Aaron, but I think he only threw uh, five interceptions, a little over 2,300 yards, uh, 21 touchdowns and five picks. Felipe Franks for Florida. Um, similar numbers, a little over 2,200 yards, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, dude, I mean, he, you know, he's a good athlete as well. Um, I think you'll see each one of those guys make plays with their feet. I just think Michigan's defense is too swarming. I think um, Winovich, Bush, if he plays in the game, I know he got hurt in the final game, and I don't know with the draft stock and everything. Some guys do sit out bowl games. That's the big thing you got to look at, too, is guys will sit out. Um, you know, I haven't caught wind of anything of that yet, but I'm sure that that will be released You know, here shortly with some of these teams. You know, McCaffrey did it. Fournette did it. Um, so it's kind of a thing trending that direction, you know, um, Bosa, younger brother, Nick Bosa this year, obviously saying that after his injury that he wasn't returning as well for Ohio State. So guys do it. They understand it's a money business. Um, Kron Higdon though, uh, jumping back to Michigan, tough running back. I actually like him a lot. I think he runs the ball, uh, well, uh, between the tackles, um, close to 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns, um, but yeah, I like Michigan close, low scoring game, but close. Um, the next game on that day that we're going to look at is the first of the college football playoff games. Um, this one is between third rank Notre Dame, 12 and 0, against second rank Clemson, who's 13 and 0. I think it's pretty easy to say that um, Clemson and Alabama. Or the two Titans headed towards another collision course again, like they've had. Um, so it's easy for me to sit here and say Clemson's going to roll in this game. I think what I will tell you is the reason why Notre Dame has a shot. Ian Book has been very good since taking over for Wimbush early in the season. Um, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Dexter Williams, as well, has come on the scene for Notre Dame. Um, close to 1,000 yards, 60 yards away from 1,000 yards. 12 touchdowns. I, It's kind of tough. I think looking at it as a whole, Clemson has the better team, offensively, defensively. I think Notre Dame's defense has to force turnovers from Trevor Lawrence, the freshman quarterback for Clemson. If you haven't seen this dude play, first of all, he's like sunshine from Remember the Titans. Got the long locks, but he's got a cannon for an arm. He's a better athlete than people give him credit for, too. Dude can get out in the pocket and run a little bit. Not that they want him to. But he took over for Kelly Bryant, who, by the way, led Clemson to a college football playoff berth the year before. And this dude takes over for him four games into the season. Kelly is now transferred to Missouri. Watch out for that next year, by the way. And I just, I don't know. I, I think I think Clemson, with that, and Travis Etienne, their running back as well, over 1,400 yards and 21 touchdowns. I think this is the dude 
running back wise that people just haven't talked about at all. I think because of Clemson's defense, their defensive line especially, and Trevor Lawrence. But this dude has run the ball consistently all year, you know, averaging well over 100 yards a game. The dude's tough. He runs the ball well. He can catch the ball in the backfield. Um, Notre Dame's got their hands full with that. I think the key to Notre Dame's success in this game, like I said, you have to hope for early turnovers. To get a freshman quarterback rattled in the moment is big, and I think it'll kind of change the way the complexion of the game goes. Now, whether or not that changes everything in the outcome, you know, remains to be seen, but you're giving Notre Dame an opportunity with turnovers. Book doesn't have a ton of experience either. A little bit more mature, a little bit older. I think looking at it, you have to hope for that if you're Notre Dame to force turnovers. Clemson, on the other hand, their defensive front, if they can get penetration and pressure on Ian Book, Book's going to have a long day. Notre Dame's offense is going to have a long day. I just don't know that the offensive line can handle the pressure, obviously. The front four from Clemson are all. Um, three of the four are future first-round draft picks. The fourth guy is a second-round pick right now. So in case that doesn't tell you how good their defensive front four is, I think you can kind of figure that on your own. Um, these dudes are tough. They're tough. Um, they force a lot of turnovers. They get after you. Um, I believe on the ground... They're only allowing 93 yards a game on the ground. In comparison, Notre Dame's defense is also very good, but they're giving up 40 more yards, 133, which is also still very good. The offense, though, so balanced from Clemson. 529 yards per game on average. 270 through the air, 259 rushing. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you can ask more than that. Um... I just think Lawrence has already been through some big situations. He's already won an ACC championship now. He's played a handful of games. I don't know. I don't think the moment's too big for him. He seems calm and and, um, composed in these situations. The dude's a baller. I'm a big fan of him. Listen, he's a true freshman. He's going to be back for a couple more years, so get used to it. I mean, Clemson's going to be on the scene again for the next couple seasons. Um... I think I'm gonna, it's it's tough. It's tough. I'm going to say I'm going to go 28-20 Clemson. And I'm going to say that it's controlled by Clemson throughout. I'm going to say Notre Dame gets a late turnover, scores to make it close closer than what the score is. So it's like a two-score game throughout, you know, 21-6, 28-13. Notre Dame gets a late touchdown, make it 28-20, maybe with a couple minutes left. Got to get a stop. ETN, big first down late. I'm going to say that he puts the game away for him. Uh, I think it will be a very competitive game, though, still nonetheless. I, I do think it'll be fun. Um, like you said, in, in this, like I said, they're... There are moments in these games that you don't know. The, the game can flip on, in, a, in an instant. And like I said, if Lawrence has a freshman moment, which he can, and that just happens, that's part of the game. The kid's 18 years old. He's going to make a mistake at some point. 
he's not perfect. It, you don't know what could happen. And I think, uh, I think it'd be interesting to see, but I do like Clemson close in the game. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. No lines out or, or uh, over under yet on the game, but we'll see what happens. The next game is following that on the same day. That game is at 4 at 8 o'clock that night on Saturday on the 29th of December. Fourth-ranked Oklahoma at 12-1, taking on number one Alabama, who's 13-0. <laughs> this is fun because... So you've got two Heisman Trophy candidates playing in the game. Um, quarterback for Oklahoma, Kyler Murray, who was also drafted by the Oakland A's earlier this year. Um, for baseball, uh, listen, the dude's 5'10". Not your prototypical quarterback. Not an NFL quarterback in the sense of just the way he looks. Dude has a cannon for an arm. And can, can just absolutely just throw missiles. And it's impressive to watch him. It really is. The dude's fun. He's quick. He's athletic. He's not afraid to run. He's not afraid to make plays. With that being said, he has not played Alabama or Alabama's defense this year. He's playing the Big 12 where... If you haven't watched the Big 12 yet, defense is optional in that league. I think they actually just flip a switch that just says, uh, you want to play defense this day or not? No? Okay, never mind. Um, That's kind of the way it goes. I think, listen, to put in perspective, Kyler has thrown for over 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's very good. Very, very good. His big play receiver, by the way, if you haven't watched him yet either, his name is nickname is Hollywood Brown. Dude is lightning fast, fun to watch. Him and Kyler are on the same page a lot. Um, Hollywood has 75 receptions for over 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Just to put in perspective, Oklahoma has maybe... I would say, you know, I'm not going to say maybe. They do have the best offense in the country. They average 49.5 points a game, 577 yards, 324 through the air, 253 on the ground still. It's impressive. They're very good. However, their defense is allowing 32.4 points a game, over 448 yards, 291 through the air. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. When the guy lining up across from you defensively when the other offense has the ball is Tua. Tua Tagovailoa, if you don't know, took over last year in the second half of the national championship game against Georgia. Led the comeback in overtime through the game-winning touchdown pass. The rest is history. He's been Alabama's starting quarterback. There wasn't a controversy because it was easy to tell he was the man. Just a sophomore. Lefty. Um, you know, lefty quarterbacks are a little bit interesting. Ball comes off their hand differently. Um, he's a scrambler. You know, he likes to get out outside the pocket and run. Um, he has been handling or dealing with injuries. Um, Jalen Hurts, off, um, if you didn't know, took over for him in the SEC championship game, led Alabama to the comeback. Um, you know, obviously now sparks some interest saying, you know, what's the health of Tua? Um, does this mean Jalen has a job back? If Tua is anything healthy, he's going to play. He's going to start. It really helps when your backup quarterback is Jalen Hurts, 
who led your team to a national championship game the year before, before Tua took over. It was Jalen Hurts' show. So that's pretty good to have that as your backup option. Um, listen, it's going to be interesting to see Oklahoma's offense against Alabama's defense. Alabama's defense um, is allowing under 300 yards, 295.4, just 117 on the ground, 178 through the air. That's going to be interesting to see if they can slow down Kyler. If they can at all, this game will get ugly. Um, If they can contain Kyler, which he has turned the ball over a little bit. Um, Texas games, both games this year, he was a little bit shaky to start. Texas definitely had the right recipe if Alabama pays attention to that at all. I think think Kyler and Lincoln Riley and company are in in trouble. Um, I think going forward, the biggest thing then is Alabama's offense against Oklahoma's defense. I don't think there's a question in that matchup. I think if you look at it as a whole, this uh, this matchup <laughs> is not good for Oklahoma at all. Um, I think Alabama scores on it well. I think regardless of if it was Jalen or Tua, I think Alabama scores well into the 40s. Um, I think... 40, I'm going to lean towards Alabama 45, Oklahoma 31, I think is, is where I'm leaning towards. I think that's kind of a safe bet. Um, and that's two touchdowns. <laughs> if Kyler is contained at all, it like I said, it could get uglier. It could be a three-touchdown game or something like that. If Kyler's able to make plays... I mean, listen, it's, it seems like the receivers in Lincoln Riley's offense at Oklahoma just get get wide open. I don't I don't know how he does it or what he does, but those guys just seem to be down the field wide open. Kyler gets it to him. It'll be interesting to see if Alabama is able to contain it, what different sets they run, what kind of pressures they run at Kyler. Um, like I said, he is a running threat. And, you know, it'll be his first action in the college football playoff. Obviously, like I said, the other side of the ball with Tua, he's played the national championship game and won it already. So there's no pressure there, um, but I think I think this will be an interesting game to see. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be entertaining. Um, both college, both uh, semifinal games are going to be fun to watch. Uh, moving ahead, so after that, the games are a little bit earlier this year. Um, there really aren't a ton of great games the next day on the 31st. Excuse me, on New Year's Eve. Um, on New Year's Day, we'll go over a couple of them. The Fiesta Bowl with 11th ranked LSU at 9 and 3, going against 8th ranked UCF at 12 and 0. That's at 1 o'clock. Um, listen, everyone wanted to see UCF in the college football playoff. If you didn't know, Mackenzie Milton, UCF's quarterback, who's been at the helm of them being undefeated the last two years. Had a gruesome injury at South Florida. They're just not the same team without him. Um, the kid that's taken over for him has done a good job, but uh, McKenzie threw for over 2,600 yards, 25 touchdowns, and six picks. He was their offense. I mean, he led the team the last two seasons. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see. LSU defensively is very stout. 
They're very good. Um, giving it more yards than expected. 346, but just 139 on the ground. Um, listen, UCF scores 44 points a game. They allow giving up the over 423 yards defensively. Um, 21 points per game. I think LSU... Here's the thing. UCF last year came out and beat Auburn in their New Year's Six Bowl game. I think they have the confidence to do it again. I think if they had Mackenzie Milton, they would do it again. They don't. I think LSU forces enough turnovers in this game. Um, It's not an exciting game. There's not a lot of star power on either side of the ball. Um, LSU's got a couple guys that are going to go to the league defensively. Um, Offensively, they're nothing special. Joe Burrow, the Ohio State transfer, he's a game manager. 2,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, 4 picks. Nothing over the top. Um, I think this game, it'll be interesting to see. Um, No lines out on it yet. I'm going to lean towards LSU, let's say like 27-17. And I don't even think it's impressive what they do. I think they get a defensive touchdown at some point. I think they control the clock. Um, I just don't think Central Florida is the same team that they were with, you know, when they had McKenzie. And I, it, it's unfortunate because you'd like to see him have a shot and playing at full strength. But um, it's just the way it works out sometimes. So the next game on the slate after that, <laughs> we'll cover it because I know all of you guys are interested to find out. In the Citrus Bowl at 1 o'clock, 14th-ranked Kentucky at 9-3, taking on, yes, yours truly, my favorite, the Penn State Nittany Lions, ranked 12th in the country at 9-3 as well. Um, 67.2% in the matchup predictor right now in favor of Penn State. Listen, Kentucky, I'm going to give them a lot of credit. Penn State is a a 6.5-point favorite, by the way. Um, the line is at 48. Listen, I can tell you all the flaws about the Nittany Lions, and I can tell you all the things they do well. Trace is a, is a gamer. He's been a quarterback for them for the last three years. He's led them to a Big Ten championship. Um, he's fought through injuries. This year, listen, there were times where he had three freshman wide receivers and a tight end out there. Um, he's got a first-year starter in Miles Sanders, who's talented but has had fumble issues. A lot of the pressure in a lot of the way has been Trace's shoulders. And listen, there's been times where he's been, you know, a little bit inconsistent. And he's missed his passes. He hasn't been as accurate. Um, You know, they're only averaging 34.6 a game down from a year ago. Um, Defensively, I think they're getting better. It was a young defense, especially in the middle of the field. Um, this team, I think, isn't going to improve on that side of the ball as this this year winds down and going into next season. Um, give Kentucky a ton of credit, though, defensively, um, allowing just 16.3 points per game. Listen, they've been stout. I mean, I know they had a couple of tough losses. Um, they've won three out of their last five, but they did lose two in a row. They got beat by Georgia 34-17, and they had the bad loss at Tennessee 24-7. The offense, it goes through Benny Snell at running back. Kid has over 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. Um, 
Defensively, though, um, they've been tough. They've been very, very tough. Um, their big play guy, he, I believe, won the Bednarik Award for the nation's uh, most outstanding linebacker. And it's funny because his name is Josh Allen. And as you know, Josh Allen is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. But the linebacker, he's 6'5", 260. Um, he wears number 41. He's got 84 tackles on the season, 14 sacks. Um, dude's just all around the field. He's, he's their big-time playmaker. Um, listen, like I said, they're very, they're very impressive. They're not going to give up a lot of points. They're not going to give up a lot of yards. Um, just 326 total. Um, 144 on the ground and 181 through the air. I think in order for Penn State to be successful in this game, you can't rely all on Trace. You know, it can't be um, Trace carrying the ball 15 to 20 times. It's got to be a mixture of being able to get Miles involved. Um, and interesting to see what the young guys do. KJ Hamler's been a big playmaker all year for Penn State. Retro freshman went to IMG. He's tough. 41 receptions, 713 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, the big surprise, I think, is the tight end. Frymuth, true freshman um, as well, getting accolades. Um, him, KJ, and Micah Parsons, the middle linebacker for Penn State. Three freshmen that got a lot of praise at the end of the season and did a good job and were key contributors to this team being successful on both sides of the ball. Um, I, think, I think it'll be interesting to see what wrinkles that James Franklin has in this game, um, him and Ricky Ronnie, what they can come up with because they need to do something. You know, it's just not the same offense as it was a year ago with Joe Moorhead leading the helmet on the offensive side. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 24, 21 Nittany Lions late stand by the defense given the opportunity I mean Kentucky offensively is not good they've struggled I mean Benny Snell's done a good job they average just 26 points just over 26 points a game they don't score a lot but like I said the defense is still young for Penn State I think Snell's going to have some plays that he makes um, and then that sometimes that draws in the defense and they're able to go over the top with some passes I think I think it's going to be close I think it will be I think it'll be low scoring um, depending on the weather, I know it's going to be games in Orlando, so sometimes rain plays a factor in that. Um, if that is the case and it does rain, um, I think that plays in Kentucky's favor because I think they're more consistent on the ground. You know, um, but we'll see. I think it'll be it'll be interesting. I don't necessarily think it'll be a clean game. I think there'll be some turnovers. There has been all year. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find out. We'll see what this team is made of. Um, I think it's a, it's a springboard for next season um, and see what the future is for Penn State. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a homer pick. I think that they're a slightly better team, but it wouldn't shock me if, you know, Kentucky's right there at the end. You know, I just, you know, this isn't a team that pulls away from anyone. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, two more games that day. And that's, that's what we'll wrap up with. The next one is the Rose Bowl between ninth-ranked Washington at 10-3 and three and the sixth-ranked Buckeyes of Ohio State at 12-1. and one. 
A lot of people think Ohio State was left out again wrongfully for the second straight year. Listen, you can't sustain a really bad loss. They did. They lost to Purdue by 29. Not that Purdue's a bad team, but you can't lose badly to Purdue. You know, if you if your only loss maybe was to Michigan by three points all year or something like that, you know, it's a different story. Or even if the Purdue game is maybe is a 23-20 game or something like that, then that's fine. You know, I think they have a much better argument. But you can't lose 49-20. You just can't. Washington's been a little up and down this year. Um, they've played much better of late. They've won four out of five. Their last loss, they lost to Cal by two um, four games ago. They've won the last four going into it. Um, Jake Browning, Miles Gaskin, they're tough. Um, they've been around. They played a lot of football for the Huskies. Um, Penn State played them a year ago in the Fiesta Bowl. We beat them by a touchdown. Um their defense is tough. They, they run an odd odd set. Um, they bring pressure from the boundary. They bring pressure up the middle from the safeties. Um, they're physical. They get after you. Um, but with that being said, what they take the risks, Ohio State can capitalize off of that. Um, Haskins showed it against Michigan. He showed it against Northwestern. Their offense seems to be clicking in the right direction right now at the right time. I think it'll be interesting to see Ohio State's defense, again, they've just been very suspect. They've given up big plays all year. I think Washington hits them on a couple big ones. Um, but I think offensively, Ohio State's too much to handle. You know, Haskins is a Heisman Trophy uh, finalist as well. Dude has put up sick numbers. 4,500 yards, 47 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. I mean, just unreal numbers. Paris Campbell for them, 79 receptions, 992 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. J.K. Dobbins, Mike Weber, um, the backfield for Ohio State are both tough. They both run the ball well. I'm going to say Ohio State 42, Washington 27. Um, and the only reason I only say that many points is because I just think they give up too many um, but yeah, I just think that they, they, they end up making the big plays. I, I just, I don't think this Washington team is as good as they were a year ago. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, um, if Ohio State can make any adjustments defensively at all and slow down Browning and company. Um, but I think it'll, it'll be in the higher end of scoring. Ohio State's a six and a half point favorite. The over-under is 58. Um, so I like the over on that one as well. Final game we're going to cover. Interesting game. 15th ranked Texas at 9 and 4 playing 5th ranked Georgia at 11 and 2 in the Sugar Bowl. I don't think this game's close. I'm going to say it's like 31-7 right now. I, I I don't I don't get why Texas is playing a New Year's 6 bowl game and I'm not saying that just because Penn State's not. Listen, Texas played Oklahoma well twice. They beat them the first time. They lost them the second time. They were competitive in that game for for a good portion of it. Other than that, they don't. They haven't. They haven't surprised anyone. They haven't done it well. They're three and two in their last five. They've lost to West Virginia by a point. They beat Texas Tech by a touchdown. Iowa State by two. They beat Kansas twenty four seventeen. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's bad. They've been bad. Um, they don't impress you. They give up 30, or excuse me, they score 31 a game. They give up 26. 
So they're not blowing teams out. They're not beating them impressively. Georgia scoring over 39 in game and allowing just 18. Again, DeAndre Swift, Holyfield, Evander's son as well, Elijah Holyfield in the backfield for um, for Georgia. I think I saw a t- uh, statistic. They're actually averaging more rushing yards per game this year than they were last year, which, by the way, for all you fancy gurus out there, the two running backs they had last year in the backfield were Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. So... Yeah, those dudes were pretty good. The two they have now are actually averaging more yards. So, get ready. DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield. Those are two names you may be hearing on Sundays in the near future. Um, Yeah, Sam Ellinger for Texas, the quarterback. He's good. He's tough. You know, he runs the ball well. Um, You know, he's got 25 touchdowns, 5 picks, a little over 3,100 yards. Jake Fromm. Listen, the numbers aren't going to, like... Yards-wise, it's not going to be staggering. I mean, 2,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, only five interceptions. I mean, the dude is tough. He makes plays. He's had a lot of football experience for them. I just think Georgia on both sides of the ball is just way more dominant. I'm going to say like 31-7. I, think, I don't know if I said that already, but yeah, I just I, I think that this game isn't even close. I'm sorry. I, I just I'm <laughs> I much would have rather seen Penn State play Georgia in this game. I don't think we would have done a whole lot better. I think we would have done better than Texas though. I do. I do. But that's just me. You know, whatever. Take it for you want. You could say I'm being a homer and, and one of the Nittany Lions, but I mean Texas lost to Maryland at the beginning of the season and we beat Maryland last game of the year thirty eight three and can't say that Maryland was giving up on their season when they were trying to make a bowl game in the week before they played Ohio State to a one point game. So I don't think this Maryland team was just giving up on themselves. You know, and the Texas team lost to Maryland to start the season. So I, to me, it didn't really make sense. It really didn't. Um, but that's what we have for you. Rundown of all of the college football bowl games so far that are that are interesting. I shouldn't say all of them. There's like I said, like 40 of them. Okay, you're not going to watch some of the games. I'm probably not even going to watch some of them. Interesting to see how they play out and how everything pans out. Um, We will, or at least I will, probably come back with a national championship preview at some point after um, the semifinal games, like I said, between Clemson and Notre Dame and then Alabama and Oklahoma. After those happen, we'll find out who the two teams playing for the national title are. Right now, like I said, I picked Alabama and Clemson. It's probably going to be Alabama and Clemson, but who knows? That's why they play the games. You never know what's going to happen. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening again. Like I said, um, special edition, college football bowl edition. We will be back for NFL previews, um, NBA preview of of games, daily fantasy picks, stuff like that. We have a lot of stuff in store for you guys. Um, We're just trying to scratch the surface right now for what we can do. Um, We appreciate all the support and everything you guys do for us. And uh, until next time, um, it's Dugan signing off. Thanks, guys.